Bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host, Raven, and I am freaking out because not only is it Bravo Day, it's a big Bravo Day. So we had the season finale of Real Housewives of Potomac and the season premiere of Real Housewives of Atlanta all in the same night, and it was a lot. Okay, so let's just jump right in with Potomac. So apparently Robin and Juan host a holiday party every year, but I don't recall seeing or hearing about this annual party ever like before, but maybe I'm forgetting. I, I don't think so though, but <laughs> we'll go with it. So, you know, of course everyone is invited except for Monique, no surprise there. And Juan is planning to propose at this party. So the producers ask Giselle, like, what's up with the proposal? And she's like, I don't know. Like, let me ask Juan. So she calls Juan and she's asking him what the plan is and everything. And then she asks if he's getting cold feet at all. And he starts breaking up. And it's very odd and seems very convenient for him to start breaking up at this moment. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, I'm sure he's not getting cold feet or anything, but the timing was strange. So then we see Monique at a therapy session and like, oh, y'all know how I feel about therapy sessions. I really don't want to see this kind of shit. But I did feel for her when she started talking about like feeling isolated and alienated and bullied as a child because I could fully relate. Like when she was talking about being around all white people and feeling alienated because, you know, you're the only black girl. And then when you're around black people, they're like, oh, you talk like a white girl, like you think you're white. And everyone's like calling you an Oreo and shit like that. And just just being so mean, like, and just feeling like you don't fit in anywhere. Like, it's awful. And I was like, oh, I feel you, girl. <laughs> just had like some really bad flashbacks. So then uh, Monique says she's remorseful for her actions, but she's not sorry for defending herself when she felt she needed to. Like, Monique, I love you and I ride for you, but I don't know what the fuck that even means. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You can't be remorseful for what you did and then not remorseful for defending yourself when you felt you needed to because both of those actions are the same thing. Like, it, like make it make sense. I don't know. So then uh, we see Ashley in discussing Michael hanging out and they're talking about Candace. And Michael cannot stand Candace or Chris because of the whole, you know, Candace telling everyone that Michael allegedly but absolutely said he would suck Juan's dick because who wouldn't? Um... And he calls Candace out for, like, milking this whole, like, Monique dragged me situation and just, like, playing up, like, being the victim and everything. And I was like, okay, that's fair. And then Ashley tells Michael that Juan is going to propose soon. And he's like, no way. Like, he wouldn't do that. It's impossible. Trust me. And Ashley's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, you know, I can't say. I I've said too much already. Bitch, you better tell me what you know right fucking now. I'm not playing with you. I am your wife and you will not keep any tea from me. It is in our marriage vows. I don't know if it was in Ashley and Michael's marriage vows. Obviously not because he keeps a ton of secrets, but I can guarantee you that will be a part of my marriage vows if I ever get married. <laughs> no, 
Last week, Karen suggested that Juan might be involved in some, like, inappropriate extracurricular activities. And I'm like, is that what Michael is referring to? Or is he just in denial because he loves Juan and wants him to pick him, choose him, love him, Meredith Grey style? Like, I don't know. So, uh, Karen is going to HSN. And Ray is being supportive, and that's making Karen very happy. And if she's happy, I'm happy, but I am still mad at Ray, and I'm not sure when that feeling is going to go away. It doesn't matter, though, does it? (laughs) No. So then Karen is telling Ray more about how the ladies were, like, ambushing her at the wig shift event because she had Monique there. And then we get some receipts. And we see texts proving that she wasn't trying to set Candace up at the wig shift event by having Monique there. And like she was not trying to have them there at the same time. And like I said before, I believe she's being a good friend and supporting both of them to the best of her abilities in this shitty situation. And that's that. And then we see Karen on HSN with LaDom and she's killing it. And like, just a reminder, Christmas is coming up and I wouldn't hate it if someone bought me some LaDom. I'm just saying. Uh, oh my God. Then we get another therapy session. This time it's Robin and Juan. And I'm like, great. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. But I will say it was a good therapy session. They talk about their past issues, Juan's infidelity, and they even have like a breakthrough. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, you know, maybe they are good together and they can really make this work for real. But I still have Karen and Michael's voices in the back of my mind saying he's like participating in some inappropriate extracurricular activities with another woman. Like they never came out and said that, but that's got to be what it is, right? Like what else could it be? Also, Juan is just so damn fine. I'm just like, ugh. How is he just walking around looking like that? Ugh, gorgeous. Okay, so then we get to uh, Robin and Juan's holiday party, and the venue looks very nice. I'm feeling it. There's an open bar. You hear that, Candace? An open bar. Robin owes the IRS $90,000, and she still managed to have an open bar at her party for her guests to enjoy. And that is how you throw a party, bitch. That's it right there. Bravo, Robin. Um, okay, and let's just talk about Giselle's outfit for a second, because you know we had to. Um, the top, the sequin pants, the headband, the necklace. (laughs) I don't, I feel like for me, the necklace is what offended me the most. It looks like something that I got from Body Shop in 2006, like the buy two, get three free plastic jewelry in like every color of the rainbow. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about too. Don't act like you don't know. (laughs) I was just like, what, what even is that around her neck? And why is Cal letting her walk? Like, why do people let her do this? I just, oh, it's just a mystery to me. And so, of course, no Jamal. He's not at the party. Shocker. And, you know, of course, Ashley and Michael have something to say about this. And, like, actually, Michael has a lot to say about it. More than he should, but I let it slide because I enjoy seeing Giselle in the hot seat and being uncomfortable. So I'll allow it. So he's just, like, interrogating Giselle about why Jamal isn't there. And Giselle's like, um, do you, like, need to go get a drink or something? Because, like, you're really doing a lot. And I was like, oh, you don't like it when it's happening to you, do you? Interesting. Very interesting. 
So um, then Robin talks about how Karen may or may not show up because her plane is like having issues and they think that she's lying because she just doesn't want to show her face after the whole like running out of her wig shift event. And I don't know why they're acting like this is not a thing that happens like with your plane having mechanical issues or whatever the fuck she said. Is I'm like, Giselle, you believe that Jamal missed his connecting flight or whatever, and that's why he couldn't make it to uh, Potomac to spend time with you and the girls and take family photos, but you don't believe that Karen's plane is having issues, and that's why she may not be able to make it to the party? Okay, girl. And then Candace is trying to make a big deal out of her not being there, too, and Giselle and Robin are just egging her on about it, and I'm like, oh my god, please, I am so sick of this shit. I'm so sick of it. Ugh. So then Ashley tells Giselle about Michael saying that Juan would never propose to Robin. And Giselle's like, um, what? And Giselle is like, well, let's get his ass over here then. He needs to tell us what he's talking about or he needs to shut the fuck up about it. So Giselle grabs Michael and confronts him about saying Juan would never propose to Robin. And he's like, listen, I love Juan and we have a very special relationship. And it's like, okay, (laughs) What does that have to do with what I just asked you, though? Like, answer the question, please. So then Michael is like, well, I just asked Juan if tonight was a big night, and he said it was just a regular night. (sighs) Michael, you simple, simple bitch. Why would he tell you what he has planned for tonight? Commitment issues aside, why do you think Juan would tell you of all people that he planned to propose. Like, I know you'd love to think that y'all are such close friends just because he's nice to you or whatever, and you're not used to that. But that's just not the case. You're, you're the husband of his wife's friend. And like, that's it. And I'm sure he knows that you can't keep your mouth shut. We all know this. So why would he tell you something like that? You're already running your mouth around this party trying to ruin the proposal and you don't even know shit about it. (laughs) Like he's pulling a Kenya here, big time. Stop trying to ruin people's proposals. Shut up. And again, Michael won't tell Ashley what he knows about Juan, which would be an issue for me. (laughs) I'm your wife. You tell me everything. It's in our vows. Also, Sharice is at the party. Why? There was never a time that I enjoyed that woman, and I feel like we've seen more than enough of her thirsty ass this season. That's a fuck enough. Get her out of here. And then for some reason, uh, Candace is performing her song. I don't know why, but okay. It's, again, this version is better than the original version, so I don't hate it. Um, And she was, like, having some issues because they weren't playing her music loud enough, and it was, like, super awkward. But then, um, you know... They get it together and the music's playing right and everyone seems to be enjoying it. And then Ashley's shady ass in her confessional is like, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with a go-go beat. You can put a go-go beat on yodeling and you've got a hit. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'd like to challenge you to do a remix of Coffee and Love with the go-go beat and let us be the judge of that since it's so fucking easy. (laughs) So please, girl, please. So then Juan proposes and it's super sweet and everyone is absolutely losing their shit at this moment. Wendy specifically, she's doing a little too much for me. Like you barely even know them and like she's getting all in the way and everything. Like Giselle even had to push her back and be like, give them some space. Damn. And then we have Michael. (laughs) Poor, poor Michael. 
He is so salty about this proposal going down, and it is hilarious. He's literally lurking around in the background like the corona-sipping creep that he is. Like, I I cannot. So then he gets all in Juan's face congratulating him or whatever, and then they go to the bar to take a shot, even though he said he wasn't doing shots so that he wouldn't get out of control. And Ashley pops up and she's like, hey, you good? Uh, Tequila, huh? Mm, okay. I'm going to go hang out with my friends then. And she leaves. She's like, I'm not doing this shit with you tonight. I refuse. So then Michael is like, oh yeah, we can do the bachelor party. Like just the two of us, like with no cameras. Um, that doesn't sound like a bachelor party at all. It sounds like a dangerous situation for Juan. So no. Also, Eddie better watch himself because Michael seems to be taking a liking to him as well. So then Karen finally shows up and these bitches are ready to pounce on her. You know, they bring up the same old thing about setting Candace up with Monique. And I'm just like, oh my God, you guys, please, you have to stop. So then Candace starts screaming and bringing up, you know, what Monique does on social media and like how she attacked her. And it's just like a joke to me at this point. And so are her tears. Like, look at what you do every day on social media, even before the fight happens. Like, <laughs> girl, bye. Then Michael tells Chris Bassett to control his wife. And Chris tells Michael to get the fuck out of his face. Michael tells Chris to shut the fuck up. And then Chris grabs Michael's arm and pushes him away. And I'm just like, hmm, this is very interesting. So... I mean, my question is, like, (laughs) do you have no self-control just like Monique? Just like what your wife was screaming, like, one minute ago? Because all Michael did was say something that Chris didn't like, and he got mad and put his hands on Michael. You know, he didn't beat him down or anything, obviously, but it appeared to have been heading in that direction if it hadn't been broken up. Like, that's all I'm saying. And then Michael's dumbass is like, oh, you're touching me? You're going down, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Michael, shut the fuck up. He didn't even do anything to you. He just pushed you away. What do you mean he's going down? How is he going down? No, he's not. Stop it. So then Michael is like telling Ashley that Chris hit him, which is false. (laughs) She's like, now you're just lying. And she's like, who? Who did that? And he's like, the bald headed guy with the unsuccessful restaurant. And I'm like, Okay, so now you're just describing yourself. We have not forgotten about Oz, babe. Like, watch yourself. So then Ashley starts going in on Chris, and she's like, oh, so Monique has no self-control, but you do? Your wife starts crying when she gets dealt with for acting a damn fool. And obviously Candace does not like this, and she starts yelling back, and she's like, oh, I dare you to touch me. I wish your ass would. Candace, you've got to stop challenging people, babe. The last time you did that, things did not end well for you. Remember? Just stop it. So then later, um, once Candace and Chris have like left and they're in the car, he's like, what Michael needs is for someone to put hands on him. And I'm just like, hmm, interesting, because I thought that violence wasn't the answer, but maybe I'm confused. Mm, I don't know. So then Michael like wanders into some production area that he clearly is not supposed to be in and shows his entire ass. He is acting a fucking fool. And Ashley goes in there yelling at him to cut it out. And it's just a giant mess. She's literally screaming at him in his face to stop it and that he's embarrassing her. And I actually felt bad for her at that moment. And I'm just like, why are you with him? Like, why? 
help us understand because we are so confused by this. Like, I, it's truly a mystery to me. So, um, then we get Monique explaining that the charges that Candace brought against her were dropped because the courts saw the footage and they decided it wasn't an attack and that it was a mutually consented fight. And then she's like, you're not going to send me to jail because you were embarrassed that you got dragged when you asked to get dragged. And then she does that laugh and they like distort it to make it sound like an evil laugh. And I was just like, see, you know, why, why did you do this, Monique? Like you just made yourself look so bad and you just gave Candace more ammo like that. None of that needed to be said. It's just so frustrating. Like I can't help you now. Like, (laughs) you know, so then we get Candace saying that the court dropped the charges because of Monique's lying on social media and that the court system was turned off and felt like it was just reality TV fodder. And I mean, I don't think that's what happened, but whatever, girl. And then she says she might as well have been kikiing with the devil as far as being friends with Monique goes. And again, I say, okay, girl, you know, live your truth. And that was it. And I'll tell you what, I have never been more excited for a damn reunion in my life. Never. I'm I'm usually like, okay, like bring on the reunion, but like, I cannot wait. Like, bitch, let's get to it now please now i don't know so it's it's going down next week we'll see what happens all right moving on to atlanta so this premiere is obviously very different from anything we've ever seen before on this show or any of the housewives really but i think it was great um they start off with these interviews with the ladies talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the injustice going on. And I immediately start crying. It just took me back to like June and it was just a wild time. And it feels like it was so long ago, but it really wasn't. It's just been a crazy year. Like talk about a roller coaster of emotions because when all this was happening, I was just like, wow, I can't believe all these people are finally, finally standing up and saying this shit is not right. And we're not going to stand for it any longer, coupled with the fact that there was still like so much hate and so many more like police brutality murders kept happening and like more hate crimes and like my personal connection to all of it, being a black woman and honestly just like being terrified to exist because there's so many people out there that hate me for just existing and like being black and they're not quiet about it. And they're not scared to act on it because they know they can do it without consequence. And like, (laughs) no, I'm just rambling because my thoughts are just all over the place when all of that happened. And seeing them talk about it just brought all of that back. And it was just a lot. But I'm really happy that they showed it. And I hope that it reminds people that the fight is not over and Black Lives Still Matter, and we still need to be talking about it and doing the work. So bravo to them. Um, I just was not prepared to be crying during an episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> like, y'all got to give a bitch a heads up or something next time, because <laughs> I just was not prepared. Um, also, anyone who is saying it was boring, I take issue with that. Um, it was not boring. It was real and raw and informative, and 
this is the reality that black people deal with every day. And if you can't handle seeing it on a show, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, actually, yes, I do. You need to look inside yourself and figure out why you only care to see these black women fighting with each other. But when they talk about their struggles with being a black woman in America, which is their reality, you're suddenly uninterested. So take a minute and sift through that. So then we get Cynthia's socially distant, that's in quotes, uh, hangout with Candy and Marlo. And Cynthia's titties are tittying like never before. They are sitting pretty and just popping out all over the place. You, they cannot be contained. <laughs> it's wild. Um, it's a cute little setup she's got going there. Um, when Marlo showed up, she was not playing around. She came with a tape measure to make sure that they were six feet apart, which they weren't. And she was taking their temperatures, but she wasn't wearing a mask, though. <laughs> she had one of those, like, face shield things on, which, like, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. Moving on. Um, how oh, Kenya, bless her. So she talks about, you know, gaining some COVID weight. And I'm like, girl, we, we all did like, do not feel bad. <laughs> but I know she does feel bad. And I'm like, easier said than done. Because I definitely was feeling bad about the weight that I had gained. And once I sat in that for a while, I was like, okay, extra pounds, you are no longer welcome here. Get the fuck out of here. Get away from me. So anyway, she went to meet with the divorce attorney about that asshole Mark. He had filed for divorce and we were all like, yes, divorce him now. But then they decided they were going to try and work it out. But it's obviously not working out. So now she wants to see what her options are um, moving forward for this divorce. And I'm like, thank God. Get away from him immediately. He is an actual monster. Also, she mentioned that they've only been married for three years. And I was like, that's it. I mean, it feels like we've been dealing with this marriage for like at least 10, right? I don't know. It seems like a long time. So then we see Portia and oh, she's just like doing all of her protesting and social justice work and getting arrested. And honestly, I'm still just so blown away by her. And I started crying again. I'm just so proud of what she's doing and how much she's grown and what an amazing journey she's been on during her time as a real housewife. Because, I mean, <laughs> y'all know how she started out. And when the producer asked her what her biggest takeaway from her experience with protesting was and like getting arrested, and she said her biggest takeaway was that she's going to do it again the chills I got. <laughs> like, oh, I just love her. And I can't wait to see what else she's going to do in the future. And I can't wait to read her book. I'm going to pre-order the shit out of that thing. You hear me? <laughs> I am not playing. So then we see Candy and oh, that sweet little Blaze. I am obsessed with her. <laughs> she's literally one of the cutest babies I've ever seen. I just want to squeeze her. So anyway, Riley is about to go to college and it's going to be expensive. And somehow she arrives at the fact that her absent ass, sorry ass father should pay for her college. And I'm just like, yeah, that sounds good in theory. But if he owes $100,000 in child support and has never paid any of it and doesn't even talk to you, why would you think that he is going to do the right thing now? Like, why? Why are we even getting back into this shit? 
There's no need for all the stress and drama when ultimately that's all you're going to get out of it. Stress, drama, and headaches. Let it go and just be thankful that you have a boss ass bitch mom and a rich bitch mom (laughs) that can pay for your school with no problems, you know? So then Candy, you know, she reaches out to him about the child support and he has the nerve to tell her that she's acting like a broke bitch. No, I'm acting like a bitch that is owed $100,000 in child support for the child that we created together. Fuck you, Block. Fucking Blockhead is what he is. Like, get the fuck out of here. Ugh. So then um, Kenya, Candy, and Cynthia are hanging out at Kenya's house and she's putting a pool in and she says she didn't get one before because Mark didn't want one. Babe, if you don't want anything to do with a pool, then don't get in it. You don't even have to look at it. Like, it's as simple as that. What the fuck do you mean you don't want a pool, so I'm not going to get one? Please. But now that Mark's out of the picture, she's getting her pool, so that's great. Um, Then they were all just talking about, like, how they're dealing with quarantine, and Kenya's filling them in on what's going on with the Mark situation, and they're basically like, girl, just let his ass go. He's trash. We hate him. He hates you. You did what you could, and it's not working, so just be done with it. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) let him go. Let him go. So then we're at Lake Bailey and Cynthia's hanging out with Mike. And have y'all noticed how they do that? We're going to talk about all the sex that we're having all the time thing. It's it's annoying because it's like, uh, I really don't believe you once you start talking about it too much like that, you know? So then they're talking about, um, you know, their wedding planning and how Corona is messing with it. And they're planning on having 250 people, but the current rules are saying they could only have 50. And Mike is like, yeah, you know, it sucks. But at the end of the day, it's just about us, right? So what's the issue? And Cynthia's like, no, it's different for me because I'm a woman. And, you know, my mom and sister tried to sabotage my last wedding by hiding the marriage certificate and all that shit. (laughs) And she's like, if we can't get married on 10, 10, 20 with all of our guests, then maybe it's a sign from God that we're not supposed to do it. And Mike is like, okay, but if it's our perfect date, then why can't we just get married on that date with just the two of us and do the reception with guests at a later date? And she's like, because I want what I want the way I want it. And listen, historically, I'm not a fan of Mike, but I'm on team Mike here. Cynthia is being unreasonable. I know that you want what you want, but like, I mean, like we all do. I wanted to take my trip to Europe that I had planned for forever. I wanted to go to Mexico for Gabby's birthday. And I wanted to not be unemployed for the past six months. But guess what? (laughs) Things did not go the way that I wanted because of this bitch COVID. None of us are happy with the way things are going right now. But we just have to, you know, push through it because this is a reality that we're dealing with. But as we all know, Cynthia had her 250 person wedding on her perfect date. So... (laughs) congratulations or whatever. Then we see Candy and Todd and they're opening another restaurant. (laughs) This one is a steakhouse called Blaze and I'm pretty sure it opened a couple of weeks ago and it's called Blaze after their cute little daughter. So that's cute. Um, and that's it. So like I said, I, I think that this was a wonderful premiere. I really enjoyed it. Um, the previews for the rest of the season looks great. I'm excited to meet the new ladies and, of course, see how the whole stripper gate thing plays out. Because remember, Tanya pulls a Denise Richards at some point and quits filming. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm excited and I'm just happy to have these ladies back on my screen. It feels right. 
And that's all I've got for y'all today. So you know what to do. Drop a rating and review. Make it nice. Go to patreon.com slash bitches better for some fun bonus content. We're about to start a Married to Medicine rewatch next week. So that is going to be so much fun. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mainly Bravo. And I'll be back to talk below deck and Salt Lake City in a couple of days. I love y'all. Bye.